Yes, yes. This is Jordan Martins streaming from my screen to yours. You're tuned to the Screens Arounds podcast where we discuss screens, tech, how we interact with it, internet culture, and rhymes, art, music, the things that inspire us. This is a space for us to share our stories through screens, and today I'll be sharing my own personal story. In this episode, I'll be discussing all things cryptocurrency, NFTs, and their disruptive nature as a tool for creatives and potential to shift power in creative industries. If you like what you're hearing, share it on social. Hit me at, at Jordan underscore Martins on all platforms. Let's go. You ask yourself, are you interested in opportunities and financial opportunities? Are you willing to invest in financial opportunities? If you're not one of them type of people, this really don't apply to you or appeal to you. If you are, this is something you can't miss. This is something you have to be a part of. Episode five of the Screens of Rhymes podcast. Welcome. For those tuned in for the first time, my name is Jordan Martins. I'm an artist, entrepreneur, and change agent. I share stories through screens using digital media, and I'm interested in the intersection between art, technology, and education. So today's episode is super, super, super important to me as both an artist and investor. I'm going to be talking from both perspectives, and we're really going to be breaking down the NFT conversation. Before we get too deep into it, though, I need y'all to definitely, definitely tap in on whatever platform you're on. So if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, you can subscribe. A written review would be appreciated. If you're on Spotify, hit follow. Anywhere else, definitely need you to subscribe. Definitely need to do that because, you know, I got the realest stories, the most charisma. I talk about the hottest trends and my interviews are hot. Holler. So definitely hit me with that subscription. Need that. Keep growing the show. Let's go. So we're talking about NFTs to start the show today, and I've been investing in them since the beginning of 2021, like really early in early January. It's really this whole conversation has blown up over the past couple of weeks, especially there's a lot of money in it. But I have spent a significant amount of time learning about them. I've been in virtual rooms with some of the people who've developed the protocols and power the back end technology and also founders of these minting platforms in the space. A lot of my investments in particular are in line with some of my crypto OG friends. I invested in an NFT index fund that experienced about a thousand percent growth. And I say this respectfully, I've been on this NFT thing for a minute. Obviously, it's becoming super hot because all of the money that's in it. I see it becoming like a casual Twitter joke and a cheap punchline. I really want to go beyond the memes and talk about how it's a game changing technology and all the noise and money in it recently proves adoption. So again, I've been talking about NFTs for a minute. I did a room in early February. Shout out to the homie Bo Lee and Design Kinds. We did a really dope clubhouse room with Erin A. Simon of XSec Gaming. She's an esports host. So she talked from the gaming perspective. The homie Israel Wilson, who's a crypto OG and has invested in the space for a very long time. And also Josh of Love Science Music. And when we did that room, we got co-signs from developers and the technology crowd stamping what we said. So today I'll be trying to simplify some of the technical things. So I'm essentially distilling months worth of research. This space moves in a matter of seconds and minutes, not hours and days. But particularly if you're an investor, things move really, really fast. This is just a snapshot. I'm recording this in the second week of March. So by the time you might be listening to this, the field might look different. But I hope this overview will be solid for you so you can understand the technology and predict where it's going. NFT stands for non-fungible token. 
Fungible means something is able to be exchanged or substituted and will hold the same value. It's interchangeable, like the dollar, gold, casino chips, Bitcoin, Ethereum, or frequent flyer loyalty points. So non-fungible obviously means it's an asset that can't be substituted. It has unique attributes that make it different from something else in the same asset class. Cool. So let's do a basic definition of what an NFT is. Again, I'm going to be unpacking this throughout the entire show because the technology is very, very new. It's only a few years old, period. And it's changing rapidly. So this is just a baseline definition, but I'm going to unpack more. This comes courtesy of The Verge. They did an article about a digital artist named Beeple selling his NFT for $69 million, uh, through Christie's. So, And we're going to definitely unpack that later. But here's just a basic definition of what an NFT is. NFTs allow you to buy and sell ownership of unique digital items and keep track of who owns them using the blockchain. NFT stands for non-fungible token, and it can technically contain anything digital, including drawings, animated GIFs, songs, or items in video games. An NFT can either be one of a kind, like a real-life painting, or one copy of many, like trading cards, but the blockchain keeps track of who has ownership of the file. All right, so that's a very top line definition. And again, the blockchain, we're going to talk about that. But essentially, think of it as a nexus of computers. It's decentralized. And every single exchange that happens on the blockchain is attached to a ledger. So in the art context, that means that it has a certificate of authenticity because whenever you make a crypto transaction, even if you're using an app, let's say like a Coinbase, you can click through and you can actually see the ledger on the blockchain and your transaction is usually a part of hundreds of different transactions, sometimes thousands happening at one time. Now, what makes NFTs unique is the way that they can be traded. We know art is commerce. We know that in the art worlds, you know, people are using it to exchange value and monetary, right? We're looking at assets during this time, whether that be trading cards. Um, traditionally in the past, people would look at gold right as an, an asset that's fixed value because really what the issue is with our modern economy our fiat currencies so there's over 180 fiat currencies some of the top ones are the us dollar the yen from japan the euro the korean one right so these currencies are tied to governments who determine their value right so before i believe it was nixon in the US in the early 70s, there was a transition where we basically divested from gold. That's where we hear the phrase, the, the dollar is as good as gold, right? Um, at a certain point, it actually was tied to gold, but since the 70s, the US dollar has not been tied to gold, right? So essentially why a lot of crypto OGs are super into the blockchain period is because when the way that it's mined, it takes labor. Yes, there's an ecological cost. There's electricity costs associated. We're going to talk about that later. But you can actually say, hey, this is what the money is worth because it is actively being mined. The way currency works now, particularly the fiat currencies, it's just, you know, bureaucrats who are deciding what our money is worth. And we know that in a time where we are getting stimulus bills, and inflation is rampant and inflation is way, way, way crazier. The U.S. dollar is worth so much less than it was originally in the 70s because of inflation, right? And I don't want to get too deep into it, but 
currencies in Venezuela or in Zimbabwe are basically worth, you know, close to nothing because of the way inflation works. I don't think the U.S. dollar will ever get to that point. But what I'm saying is uh, the reason why people are bullish on blockchain and you see Wall Street getting involved and people getting into Bitcoin specifically, which is not an NFT. The reason why you see people particularly into Bitcoin is because you can think of it as good as gold, right? So Bitcoin is not an NFT for anybody who's wondering about that. NFTs are mainly based off the Ethereum platform. That's Ethereum is kind of like you can think of it as a currency and you can also think of it as a platform. You can think of it as iOS. All right. So now that we understand a little bit about what it is, let's move on to why you should care. And this is for my investors and my artists. So it's experiencing a surge in adoption right now where because of things like NBA Top Shot and, you know, these auctions are happening. The fact that Christie's has brokered a $69 million sale, it means that we're in a place now where NFTs are becoming not mainstream. It's still probably two or three years out before it's super mainstream, but I'll say that it's definitely in the early adopter phase and it's moving towards widespread adoption right so if we look at the adoption curve we've moved past the innovator stage again people have been using nfts and gaming since 2017 with crypto kitties and things like that now we've moved to the early adopter phase right so probably within i don't know a year the way things are moving we're in in covid quarantine a lot of people have a lot of more time on their hands if they're able to work from home. They need things to do. We're seeing things move quickly technologically. People are getting more into like watching, let's say, Twitch streams, right? Uh, content creators are going crazy because a lot of people want to consume content. People are looking for speculative assets, right? So we're looking at trading cards and even things like Pokemon cards experiencing booms of value, right? So things are moving quicker than they probably usually would. I view COVID as an accelerant across all different industries, right? It's 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 shifts that were going to be predicted to happen, whether it be the future of work, whether it be technology, what that were predicted to be in the early 2020s, 2025 is now like accelerating. So we're probably in the early adopter stage and maybe in a year, two years, we'll be in the early majority stage. Basically what it is, is there's a, there's a, there's a huge amount of value in this cryptocurrency space with trading and exchanging different forms of currency, different times of acquisition, different times of selling. It's very similar to the stock market. So there's people over the last five, six years that became very successful trading currencies via different platforms. So I quickly just want to talk about NBA Top Shot because I think it's something really innovative on the NBA's end. They had started investing into tech in about 2019, but it's seen huge sales with earlier in February, 50 million in sales in a week. So a lot of people are active on the platform. Now, traditionally, when you purchase NFTs, people are buying in Ethereum, wrapped Ethereum in different platforms right so you need crypto to buy so the nba top shot community you can actually buy using fiat currency you can buy using your credit card so i think that's going to be a major point of adoption and that's something that i'm speaking to artists about right because a lot of these platforms are designed where you need to already have crypto so the average person does not really have cryptocurrency yet it's starting to grow and grow i believe personally that when the u.s stimulus 
package comes out, it's already been approved. When that's given to people, people are going to start investing in crypto because there's a lot of retail investors. And we see that with the GameStop surge, the Wall Street bet surge. If you want to go back in episode three, I talk a little bit about that. But essentially with the NBA being involved and selling you know, highlights, basically you can think of NBA Top Shots as virtual trading cards, but it's actually kind of like highlights. It's a little bit of a mix. So Steve Poland, who runs a website that tracks the Top Shot market, said that NBA Top Shot has everything the sports card world has, but better and faster, right? So people are already used to collecting things. The average consumer is going to be more comfortable with collecting digital items. And we'll talk more about that later. All right. So I want to get into a major piece of news that has a ripple effect. So people aren't necessarily connecting this to an NFT play, but I want to talk about Jack Dorsey, their acquisition of the title platform. Now, I'm just going to be frank. I personally didn't like how a lot of the title acquisition got covered by mainstream media. They're looking at title as like a failure and saying, oh, you know, his failed streaming service. No, I don't. I don't think that they're seeing the forest from the trees. They're looking and trying to compare title to Spotify as a one-to-one, and it's it's not the same thing. I think that deal is disruptive because I feel like it's going to be a NFT play. And let me explain why. If you look at Jack Dorsey's other company, which is Square, uh, a lot of you have probably, if you've supported a food truck or if you've ever been to any type of you know flea market or things like that, you've probably bought something through a Square using a credit card. I know I've I've made plays off a of square i have a square reader most entrepreneurs have used square adjacent formula to accept credit card payments right i see them integrating a lot of what they did with square for the small business owner that they're going to do with title for artists and creating direct-to-consumer pathways with artists to their audience right so i think title is going to shift into something like a shopify for artists right and that shift's already been happening since the mid-2010s with the rise of social media and the shift from the blogs, right? Like radio, mainstream radio is devalued and people are following their favorite artists on different social platforms. And, you know, in the past couple of years, someone like Travis Scott, right? Let's think about him. He's done a ton of collaborations with different brands, but him and maybe Tyler, the creator, they were really big on selling merch and clothing and then attaching that to music releases. So the reason why I think that'll be an NFT play is title they like to position themselves as uh the most artist-friendly major streaming service they give a little more cut of the revenue but artists are already moving in this space the nft space is blown up in music artists like bad bunny or little yachty are already creating their own tokens and you know selling it to their fan bases but the reason why the acquisition of title piece is important is Jack Dorsey is really, really into the idea of crypto. He's bullish on it. Jack Dorsey and Jay-Z actually have an initiative where they're trying to encourage Bitcoin mining or some type of Bitcoin-related innovation in Africa, right? So we're going to talk about the mining process later. But essentially, where there's cheap energy, people try to mine because it's a more cost-efficient way of creating cryptocurrency transactions. Again, all crypto exchanges are actively mined through the use of computers, doing advanced algorithms. So that's why everything on the blockchain is considered secure from major miners because it is backed up with receipts 
just like gold has to be mined, you can think of any blockchain technology as being mined. I think Tidal is well positioned to really normalize NFTs. Uh, they have a really great experience with liner notes. They're some of the quickest to upload new releases and they do good interview content. Um, personally, it's one of my favorite ways to research artists. So again, you know, a lot of people do have Spotify and other platforms, but I think that you could see some type of shift with NFTs and Tidal as a platform. I, I, I could definitely see that happening very soon. When Jack Dorsey announced the deal, there's people in his mentions talking about how it would be a complete L if they don't integrate NFTs or blockchain. I ultimately feel like they will. NFTs can improve artist revenue. NFTs can give them over 90% of everything. Downstream royalties in the ledger. So again, Ethereum is built off of smart contracts or the whole NFT space is built off of smart contracts, basically. It's like if then if this happens then this will happen so they can hard code things in where if there's a resale the artist can get cut into the resale my last jack dorsey note he's actually auctioning off his original tweet that he sent i believe via text just set up my twitter if you're an og twitter head like me you'll know the tweet that i'm talking about but it, it represents like the first ever tweet so he's auctioning that on a platform called valuables by cent and his tweet essentially became an nft and what he's going to do with the proceeds of that, he's going to take those proceeds from the sale, he's going to convert it to Bitcoin, and he's going to donate it to, I believe, an East African charity. So, yes, the NFT has a lot of speculation. It's more commerce than art, depending on what communities you're looking at. I don't think that's 100% true, but a lot of the coverage is focusing on these big, splashy sales and people not really seeing the forest from the trees, right? Like the NFT community is a community, right? So he's basically turning his tweet into charity to create good. And there's really cool projects. I want to shout out the group NFTs Tips. They're a really good platform and they do a clubhouse room. But I know people in that room, particularly in that community, they came together to create something called NFT Pizzas where they sell NFT art to feed the homeless, right? So essentially you can think of it as art to feed the homeless. Why I've been most interested in NFTs is just seeing how the community works. Like like it's a deep, deep, deep community. Again, the, the, a lot of those people were innovators and super early adopters. So people are sharing codes, people are sharing a lot of information, right? I'm in some of these rooms with developers of the protocol, right? Or people are freely exchanging ideas on how to innovate in this space so it's still very novel so as an investor you should be excited about where it is and you know if you're looking to allocate into something that's high growth i would say do your research and look into nfts because it's only going to grow i would just say that I've, I've been really impressed with how it's community driven and how it, it intersects art and technology and digital art has been growing a lot over the last like two decades particularly so i just think that this is just a sign of uh, where we're going to be in the future and has a lot of interesting applications. And again, the technology is only becoming more and more efficient. So right now it is a little expensive to to acquire Ethereum because of what's known as gas fees. Again, miners are charging fees in order to do maintain their computers that are going and doing these computations that actually create what is known as the cryptocurrency. But that's becoming more and more efficient. They're figuring out ways to make 
the gas fees lower. Ethereum by the summer will be transitioning to Ethereum 2.0. One of the co-founders of the Ethereum platform, Vitalism Buterin, was on the Tim Ferriss Show podcast, and he was talking about how there's a process called rolling that will speed up the number of transactions. Right now, they're currently processing about 15 terabytes of transactions per second, and it's going to be moving to about 4K terabytes of data per second. So again, the technology is just getting better and better. It's still being innovated upon. There's already so many great usages already. And that's just going to multiply the possibilities as the technology improves and it gets cheaper to create crypto art. Throughout this, you're going to hear clips from Nipsey Hussle talking about the crypto space uh, before he passed. Even back in 20, I believe 17, he was out there in Amsterdam investing into a platform called FollowCoin. And he was really bullish on the crypto space as an investor and talks about how it would disrupt. So we're going to definitely talk about that. If you get in now, when the value spreads, when the accessibility spreads, you'll be sitting on the right chair. All right, so let's get into who's buying this stuff, right? So there's whales in this space. There's literally collectors like Whale Shark, for instance, who has an NFT collection that's over $80 million. But the casual consumer, particularly for like, let's say NBA Top Shot, is in it because it's speculative, right? I saw an article yesterday where folks invested about 175k into nba top shot and now it's worth like 20 million right so it's early adopters who want to get in and you want to speculate on it so this is kind of an example of the market value but also how like proliferation and endorsements can really grow the space so in december there are about 30k nba top shot owners and then now it's grown to about 200k users or owners and a lot of that was because uh, Miami Heat guard Tyler Hero did an endorsement and it drove a lot of acquisition. Again, with Top Shots, you can see how rare they are. If it's one of 500, one of 15,000, it really just builds upon a lot of trends that we saw with trading cards. So it was an easy way to drive adoption because people kind of understand what it is in the sports space. Top Shot is getting so hot that it's starting to overtake the digital cards buds that's been happening. And it's so hot that it's starting to hurt the value of traditional cards that were getting super speculative. I want to give an example of how it can be used for collectors. So there's a process that will be in Ethereum 2.0 called sharding. So let me explain sharding and, and how it would apply to like NBA Top Shot. So you have a highlight, let's say a LeBron James highlight that's going for $100,000, right? What you could do is you could divide that into one one hundredth of a share so you and 99 of your friends or you and a trust could go in and divide that card. It could be once you own it, you could divide it one of 10, one of 100, and you can sell pieces of that card. Right. So that's one application that speculators will be using. And I'll talk later about all of the different art applications, but the, the technology, the way that it's used, it can be one of one. It can be shared. It can be broken up. Once it's owned, it can be resold. So it has an immense amount of value for people who want to collect this stuff. And it's proven that people want to collect this stuff. So you might be listening and say, why would I pay for a highlight that the NBA owns? It's because collectors want it. It's limited. It's a digital trading card. It's worth thousands of dollars. You know, the market decides its value, right? It's valuable because someone is willing to pay for it. The, the market dictates that. It's a speculative asset. So right now I have a framed jersey of Paul Pierce here in my office and I have a photo of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in my room. Maybe two years from now, 
I could have a digital screen or frame and I can collect Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown NFTs, right? Or I could buy an iconic dunk like when Baron Davis from the We Believe Warriors dunked on Andre Karolinko and I could have that looping in the background on a digital screen. So specifically people who are into sports and music, right? These are things that we're collecting anyway. We'll be able to display them with screens and there's already digital frames where you can play things on loop. You can play it on your TV. It can be part of your home. And in the future, you know, we may be spending more time at home, period. So I do light vinyl collecting, right? I have some rare Japanese vinyl uh, of John Coltrane. Vinyl sales have risen the past few years. People want to display their vinyl. Maybe artists are doing, you know, digital files but nft extensive artwork for their projects for you to display or i collect some comics and i have some variant covers right what if marvel or dc did nft variant covers for a specific release so for my creators i want you to look at it from a transformative level beyond just a speculation just think about people's behavior where sports collectors are obsessive there's a competitive aspect of the value rising same thing with music it translates to that um, and entertainment properties are shifting in this direction. So if you think about collectors and, and how that translates to sports and music and, and different fields, you want to get in as early as an investor as possible right now. As a creator, it's still kind of novel. If you're already a digital creator, I would say experiment. But if you're an investor, you need to get in as early as possible. And again, this excites me as an artist and investor. So I do I do financial literacy classes called Minor Rate Money Rate. And it's funny because a student who's very passionate asked me about what books I read about investment. He's like, did you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad? I told him straight up, it's too late if you're looking in a book, right? Like the way that these things move, they move via tweets, or social media updates versus books. By the time it's in a book, it's already too late. I feel like that's the generation we living in, you know? It ain't no read the newspaper. We checking Twitter. We get we get real-time updates on what goes on in the world. So when it comes to the changes in the economic values, we should be informed real-time. And all the opportunities that exist in, in cryptocurrency are time-sensitive. All right, so I want to talk about some of the applications of NFTs as a platform for creatives, right? So we're going to move beyond the speculation and just kind of talk about uses and distribution. So the Beeple piece that did $69 million at Christie's through the auction, it was actually a digital piece that was 14 years worth of work. It was called Every Days, and it was a collection of the work that he's done over the past 14 years. So when we think about how we're using NFTs to distribute work, it can be used in a multitude of ways. So an example that I got from just being in the community and some of these clubhouse rooms. I was listening to a conversation with a sculptor and architect who's very successful, and he talks about how it could impact his process. Some of his pieces already sell for millions. So him as a sculptor, or if he's an architect, he already creates using 3D rendering tools before he actually fabricates and create the actual sculpture. So he was talking about in his process, if people wanna buy his physical works, they can also, if they want to get a cheaper entry point or if they're a super fan, what they can do is go and buy the actual render of the process as an NFT and they can see the digital work that he's done that traditionally wouldn't even be sold. Maybe he would do a book towards the end of his career, retrospective. He would show 
pictures of some of his digital process, but he could have an interactive 3D model that people could engage with as an NFT. So that's an innovative application of that. I think it can be disruptive in the visual effects field. So VFX artists, they get paid differently from actors and directors. They're not protected the same way as artists and directors are from the Screen Actors Guild, right? Because VFX came into its heyday, like what, late 80s, early 90s, and by then the union was set up a certain way. If you think of popular properties like, you know, Marvel films or Star Wars films or whatever, they have like, <laughs> man, over 70 visual effects artists that work on that, and they get paid as contractors and they don't necessarily get paid well. What if independent VFX artists subverted the actual formal industry created parts of our favorite movies and shows as nfts where people can own parts of the process and i don't know maybe you could um if you're a super marvel head you could get the avengers endgame battle as an nft and, and peek behind the curtain right and and see how your favorite scene came to be in gaming it's definitely going to be super disruptive i mean roblox that just went public and had their ipo they're actually built on the blockchain right so yatsu who's one of the developers of the sandbox which is you can think of it as like minecraft on the blockchain and their platform is all about user-generated content right so most games have a five to ten year life cycle there's only so many updates you can put into the game before people get sick of it. Now, he's arguing that content will become the platform, right? So if you build assets in one game, you'd be able to port those assets into another game. So the user-generated content that you create will not just be locked behind, let's say, Fortnite or Minecraft. You'll be able to take these assets from one game into another. So his company is more interested in making money on taxing the transaction not creating the content letting the users do it and just charging them to actually make it and the reason why it's innovative there is yeah these games will sell things to you but only three percent of people who play like mobile games are payers those are the whales so if you've ever played any type of online game odds are you didn't spend fifty dollars to you know advance in the level so traditionally yeah the game companies they make money off selling you like bonus items and things like that three percent of people who play the games actually use it what their company is betting on is if more people are willing to buy this it's going to create way more revenue rather than relying on those whales to buy unique items for that one game because if you had a really crazy skin or i don't know a weapon or something like that some of the properties could translate from one game to another with an nft in gaming you know the companies wouldn't be selling you the assets you'd be able to create the assets they would tax you on a little bit on the creation process but in theory if your items could travel with you from game to game versus you know staying in a game that you only pay for a couple years people will do it and i play you know i play games online myself i think of like uncharted online where i you know had a really sick kit or division to these big online multiplayer games where you know you spend all this time on your armor or modding out your character and customizing it but once you're not interested in the game it kind of just dies there so in this interview with yatsu the sandbox team he talks about how there were 30 million crypto wallets in 2019 and that was akin to how there were 30 million internet users early on and that exploded. Mark Cuban is saying that blockchain right now reminds him of the dot-com boom. And, you know, we're just in the infancy 
of the process and it's only, only, only gonna expand. We involved, um, it's a lot of other very influential people involved. A lot of people who got wealthy, have flipped money, have become successful in this space already. And it's just starting, we shouldn't be last. Hip hop shouldn't be last on it, you know? We should be, we should be early adopters of this, you know? And y'all can say Hustle told you first. All right, so we're gonna talk a little bit about the music space. Music is interesting because the record industry is definitely not gonna like being disruptive. Uh, essentially, a lot of major artists, what they do is they take a loan from the record company and the record companies are essentially like banks and marketers at the same time. In the music industry, if you create an NFT, the original creator can receive royalties on secondary sales. The Christie's big time sale of Beeple's work was actually a resale. With an NFT, you can track how things are being moved. So in theory, artists can get paid, musical artists can get paid on the secondary sales. So let's use Lil Yachty as an example. He sold his own social token. So as an artist, you can mint your own token using one of these platforms. There's OpenSea, there's Rarible, there's a ton of these platforms. So Yachty decided to sell his tokens $15 each. He sold out in 21 minutes, which is crazy. The Yachty tokens give fans exclusive access to his content. So they get to receive personal items from his career and participate in online parties. And he grossed over 275K off of that. Blau, who's super innovative in the space, made a ton of money, made 11 mil selling 33 NFTs. The way that he did it is each vinyl NFT is redeemable for a special edition physical vinyl. Winners also received up to 11 bonus songs. And the top bidder got to take part in the creative process to produce Blau's future single. So artists could use it to build an ecosystem where the NFT gives access to private parties, backstage passes, one-on-one -on -one video calls or in-person meetings, birthday shoutouts, live streams, album releases, merchandise. Basically, people can subscribe to you by using an NFT. So for myself, I'm interested in crowdfunding and using things like Kickstarter to deliver these type of experiences. You could essentially cut out the middleman. Yes, you'd have to mint your own NFT, which comes with a cost. But once you create your own social token, you'd be able to control whatever's on there and you could have a subscription model, right? So once the token is there, you can replace the content that's on it, right? Somebody's buying your social token, they're subscribing to you. You could change the content quarterly. You could change it weekly if you wanted, right? Depending on the terms of you know, terms of conditions that you work out with your users. So it's all about how you want to use it. Personally, I'm more interested on the investor side than I am on the artist side because, you know, a lot of people are still kind of new to the space. I'm waiting for more people to enter. But I think that, you know, there's a lot of potential moving forward. So right now, people are just kind of throwing it up and doing a pray that it sells model. Um, I don't think that's sustainable. I think it's important that people build relationships with their community decide if your community is willing to buy crypto and again some of these platforms you don't even need crypto in order to own nfts traditionally people buy on ethereum with whatever but now people can go and use fiat currencies or credit card payments in order to buy these tokens so if that's the case if people are using their credit card like they would on their phone anyway right on on the google play store or you know app store right that eliminates the buffer so again these platforms are, are going to be making a killing it's all about how you as an artist decide to use it i was talking about to a visual effects artist and he was saying yeah should i do this with my community you know like what do you think i have all this digital work and i was like yo just 
the advice I gave him, which is figure out who your consumer is, who your audience is, right? If you think that they're ready right now to get into crypto, if you have an early adopter type audience, all right, bet, you know, make some pieces. But again, it, it can be a little bit cost intensive to get into this because of gas fees that's already being corrected. It costs money to mint. So you just have to weigh out, you know, which return on investment. If you think your audience is ready to buy your digital work right now, go ahead. But me personally, I'd rather let NBA, some of these big music artists, I'd rather let people kind of get comfortable with the technology right now because people are just wrapping their mind around Bitcoin. Never mind uh, something completely novel like NFTs, which is completely different from Bitcoin. When people think cryptocurrency, they just think of Bitcoin and speculative value and the value is really high. But again, NFTs and social tokens are completely different, but it, it's going to take a little bit of time for the consumer to catch up, in my opinion. And I want to take this back to Nipsey because really he was talking about this three years ago and he was talking about a platform called Superphone with Ryan Leslie like really early on in the early 2010s. And basically you're seeing it now where athletes like Trey Young, even like Tony Hawk, they're letting people have access to them directly via the phone because we know these social media algorithms are unpredictable. We know they only show it to like a limited slice of our audience. So people are going direct to consumer anyway, letting people text and have conversations via apps like community so really this is just the next step in the evolution of direct-to-consumer marketing yeah i just want to give nipsey his flowers because he was talking about the innovative platform called followcoin where it was a platform to bring more investors into the space it now basically exists in some capacity but it was an investment platform and product at the same time where you could basically copy the moves of the crypto investors who were making big plays you could just copy and paste their investment strategy into your own investment strategy so that exists now but he was talking about this three years ago and really signing these deals there's less than one percent penetration and that's a fact because i can't spend bitcoin here i gotta still spend us dollars or mastercard credit or you know established credit any one of these stores there's no penetration in the real world but there's a 27 dollar to $800,000 increase in investment in this space. But there's a 1% penetration in the real world. So what happens when it gets 5% real world, when more people can spend their, their cryptocurrency at the store, at the restaurant, on the airplane? Which is why we came to Amsterdam, because there's a city out here where the whole city is cryptocurrency friendly. And this is a example of what's gonna happen to the rest of the world. So I would say if you're an artist, interested in nfts right now i would just say educate yourself as much as possible research the best platforms it does cost to do any type of currency exchange it's considered a taxable item per a conversation with my cpa so if you're taking one form of cryptocurrency and converting it into another then that is considered an exchange and that is a capital gains expense right as opposed to like moving money between wallets, that's fine. But in order to make crypto plays, a lot of times you have to purchase a NFT. Like a lot of times you have to purchase Ethereum or another type of currency and exchange that in order to do it. So that's taxable. One of the best loopholes that I've heard from a developer, and this is pro tip from my from my artists and my hustlers at the same time. So if you're interested in in creating NFT artwork with this developer recommended is that you could create a separate llc that just deals with 
the mincing process and the costs associated with producing crypto art. So hear me out. Tech companies only get taxed up to about 20% period. No matter how big they are, no matter how much business they do, there's incentives for tech companies to be able to innovate. So the tax code only taxes them at 20%. We know that personally, depending on how much money you make, you're subject to a lot of money in capital gains. For instance, if you make anything over $40,000, you're subject to capital gain tax. So if you're looking to do big amounts of transactions and sell your visual art, for instance, that's going for tens of thousands of dollars on these platforms, what you could do is in the minting process, you could go and register as a tech company for that part of your business. And you could just for that specific part of your business or practice for the minting process, and you would only be subject to 20% capital gains because you're running that through the tech company part of your business. Now that's, that's definitely not a, a business move 101 thing that that's just advice and something that I'm thinking of. I already have about three LLCs, but that's just a pro tip for my artists and my hustlers who are thinking about how to scale and, and really want to go hard with the NFTs. I hope that made sense. If not, just hit me on any platform at Jordan underscore Martins and I'll give you that game. All right. So as I was saying before, there's been a lot of changes to the protocol that's going to make it cheaper to be in this space and, and make money as a NFT artist. So that's happening. That's one reason I'm bullish on it. I want to talk about the idea of work being stolen. And there's a platform called at tokenized tweets where people are turning art that's tweeted into an NFT. So that's been really problematic. If you're an artist, visual artist, you're worried about your art being stolen. You can block at tokenized tweet. So they won't be able to do that. But there's been some trolls who are turning people's tweets into NFTs. I'm sure that's going to be regulated in the future. And the reason why is people have been going at Disney, right? So they've been taking uh, tweets from Disney where they're showing photos of Mickey Mouse or uh, Pocahontas and trying to turn that into NFTs. So Disney has the crazy IP lawyers, right? So I bet you that's going to lead to some form of legislation or action in that space, or they're going to try and cease and desist the tokenized suite platform because Disney has literally changed copyright law, American copyright law to stop things from going out of public domain. So they continue to make money off of Mickey Mouse. So typically 70 years was the standard for things to enter the public domain and for copyrights to loosen, but they've fought that so hard because Mickey Mouse is, you know, close to 100 years old now. So they're <laughs> they're finding ways to make money off their IP. And, you know, Disney buys everything. So Tokenized Suite does not want smoke with the Disney lawyers. I guarantee you there's going to be some type of action against Tokenized Suite from Disney. All right. So I want to give some tips on how to protect yourself from Tokenized Suites, like I said. So I know people are a little freaked out about it. There's a really dope Twitter thread from at Julie the Glitch Kid talking about it. And she said it's, it costs crypto art thieves to hold NFTs. Even stealing art like a normal person is cheaper than cryptocurrency. So watermarking is another way to protect yourself. Obviously, that's something people have been using for forever. With tokenized suites, you can report them as someone tokenizes your art. But another way to do it is, is to block them so they can't even at you. It kind of works like uh, KeepVid, if you've seen that, if somebody posts post like a really uh, dope ass meme or video people will do like keep vid or things like that you know that's how people are using tokenized tweet to add the tweet and to try and turn it into an entity which is wild
I'm going to distill some tweets from Will Shark, who is a hardcore investor in the crypto space. NFTs are digital stuff that you truly own and manage. You can buy a skin in Fortnite, but you don't own it because it's tied to the platform. You can't give it to your grandma or sell it at Walmart. With NFTs, you can. You own it. By creating an NFT, you're creating a token with immutable proof on the blockchain ledger that records the origin, time, and scarcity of the token. The token points to a file that could be a picture or a video which your audience see. The NFT process or creating an NFT is called minting. Anyone can create an NFT and there's a ton of platforms to do it. So there's OpenSea, Mintable, Mintbase, Rarible, Infinity Tokens. There's a ton. Pro tip, a good balance between availability and scarcity encourages a healthy collector community, right? So you don't want it to be too exclusive, but you don't want it to be, you know, so nobody can afford anything. So if you want to do long-term NFTs, you can allow everyone to be included in like a social token, but only the most amazing items go to your biggest fans. They get the biggest perks, kind of like the crowdsourcing model you see on Kickstarter. I think NFTs have really big potential in documenting your journeys. So again, I keep going back to the crowdfunding model, but if you think about that and Kickstarter, people keep blogs of their progress and give updates throughout the process. So you could do that through an NFT subscription model. You could give them collectibles throughout the process, right? You can have them collect little moments of your journey so they feel super engaged. You can also use NFTs as an authenticator. So you can tie an NFT to a physical artwork. You could do that via QR or different tech, but basically you can mint NFTs to serve as direct proof of authenticity to collectors. So if they pull up to your physical piece, they can then go and scan it on their phones and see that, oh, okay, this is a legit piece as opposed to them, you know, buying a knockoff. I really love the idea of using it to unlock exclusive content. So there's a, a whole platform called Unlock Protocol where people can access the most exclusive content after they've hit certain milestones. For example, if you spend, I don't know, $500, you hit a certain threshold, then they would unlock all this extra exclusive content. So we see subscription models with Twitch and different platforms that people are using, but you can integrate this all through NFTs. And they can be tickets for exclusive events and interactions that you have. So if folks want to pull up to, I see homies doing live concerts, they can get access via your NFT and it can give them the link to get to your you know, virtual concert. Or, I mean, when the world opens up, you know, that can be, that can double as a concert ticket as well. Again, Twitch does a great job of giving people badges for long-term users, long-term fans. So, you know, NFTs can be specifically for your day one fans. Social tokens where you can mint your own exclusive coins that are tied to you. For sure, NFTs is going to disrupt the artist influencer space, no doubt. And cool, all the money is entering the space. That's dope. Whatever, you know, that proves that it's it's viable. That's what makes people think it's a bubble, to be honest. But it should be viewed as a way to encourage long-term fan engagement, loyalty, and advocacy, right? You want to push people towards what you want them to do. So you want to encourage them to collect NFTs to really just follow along with different steps of your career. Here's the formula to really being successful as an NFT artist, right? And Or just an artist, period, digitally, and how to market. You want to build community digitally by delivering consistent value to the right target audience, and that's how you achieve success or brand success with your audience, right? So until you have an infrastructure built out, 
I'd recommend focus on building your infrastructure rather than just throwing NFTs against the wall. That's how I choose to do it. Content creates relationships, which then drives profit. I I personally believe in that, and that's how I look at everything that I build. But you know, you could do YouTube. I mean, there are whales who are buying a lot of a lot of just whatever crypto art. But I don't like to throw things against the wall. I, I like to activate communities whenever I drop. All right. Lastly, I want to just talk about the idea of environmentalism and, you know, crypto being attacked for its impact on the environment. Right. I mean, you're listening to this podcast right now. You're streaming it from a DSP. You might have been texting while you're listening. You might have been sending an Instagram message, whatever. Anything that you do technology wise has a carbon footprint because the way that technology works, it's servers remotely that are sending this data back and forth via the internet. There's a carbon footprint for everything that we do. All right, so I want to talk about carbon offset of crypto. So someone like Beeple, he's actually actively trying to erase his carbon footprint by the work that he creates, and he's building that into his model because he's making a lot of money off of it. But there's a, there's a study that's floating around basically, you know, 0.09 of energy usage right now globally is going towards like mining bitcoin and ethereum 0.02 ethereum 0.07 uh bitcoin right but if you think about all the different uses of our energy industrial commercial residential transportation road aviation shipping represents like 73 percent. industrial takes about six percent agriculture takes about 12 percent waste landfills wastewater three percent and then land use change in forestry takes about 6.5 percent so just think about the modern economy in physical goods right so if you were going to sell a physical piece of artwork you're going to put shrink wrap around that you're going to sell that if you're going to sell something expensive like people did you're going to go through christie's and you're physically going to have an art handler go and transport it and move it around it is definitely definitely more efficient and cheaper to move digital art than the carbon footprint of a physical piece of art so all of this oh well this is unethical and all of these things anything that you do digitally it has a carbon footprint so i'm not saying that it's 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 not creating a carbon footprint that's that's not i'm not saying that nfts are are not using energy right i'm not i'm not saying that but i'm saying why is that being weaponized against artists using it as ways to you know make money for themselves or again you've i've talked a little bit about the charity applications of it but this is a revolutionary technology which can be used to connect communities in really really innovative ways right like okay people are using it right now to buy really kind of stupid nft art right like the whales who have money are using it as speculation to move things around I don't want, again, the forest from the trees analogy. I really want people to see that this has so many innovative applications and we're only, only, only at the start of it. We're only scratching the surface. So as an investor, that's why I'm excited. That's why I'm getting in. As an artist, if you want to look at this as a way to mobilize your community and sell your work and disrupt the power structure that we have where people are taking a lot of money from you in the process, right? And where you're not reaching your fans or everybody's taking a slice of the money that you have taking a piece of the pie this is how you can take more of the piece of the pie through nfts and it's upsetting that you know people want to just point to the negatives of it and not see any of the positives 
the way that cryptocurrency is mined in the US at least they're overtaking factories that were completely shut down and they're turning them into energy efficient crypto hubs at the end of the day you know this is a currency so it is a business so the cheapest way to produce it would be to go to places where the energy is cheapest right so a lot of the production is happening in china in rural china and in china they use coal so i definitely understand where people are going there but i've watched actually a lot of videos of the actual mining process and showing how they're making it more efficient and energy efficient and they're using steam and different things to make it as low emission as possible so again we're in the infancy of it there will be more innovation in the space but people are actively thinking about how we can use less energy and making it more sustainable all right so that's the ecological part what i'm saying is complicated it's not perfect but i'm i'm just not really for the people who are just looking at it as oh well you're wasting energy when we everything that we do digitally is a waste of energy sorry to tell you we don't talk about how beef production and cows go and destroy our environment via methane right you, you can use your googles look at beef production methane there's tons of studies about how beef production specifically really for like western markets goes and creates tons of methane that is hurting our ozone layer there's so many other problematic things I think that we could be addressing and then people really want to just get on NFTs. I, I don't get it. I, I think that's misdirected energy. The process will become more efficient as we move forward and we have some of the smartest people in the world in this space and believe me, they're thinking about their ecological impact. If you really want to deep dive into NFTs, maybe after you finish this podcast, you can check out NFTs tips. You can check out their site nfts.tips. So a lot of the things that I've learned has actually been, you know, leaning into their community and learning from those folks. All right. Shout out to you for making it through this very technical NFT conversation. I hope you feel like you learned a lot and it created value. So if you did get a lot of value from this conversation, you should subscribe to whatever platform you're listening on or follow on Spotify. You can hit me with that rating and review five stars on Apple Podcasts as well. Appreciate you for listening. I will talk to you all again soon. Yeah, this is look, it's a brand new breakthrough in technology. Your like, kids are going to be wondering why their dad didn't see the yeah, value. They'll yeah, be like, is, dad must have been on drugs because he never saw the look, value. This,